Good morning, Mayor. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayechi. Interestingly, Parshas Vayechi is the parsha in which Yaakov dies, and the Torah gives us an elaborate description of the procession that went back to bury Yaakov in Moraz Hamachpela, and yet the parsha that speaks about him is that Bayechi, and he lived, because this is a very important idea in Judaism, that when we bury somebody, we're only burying the body. The neshama, the soul, lives on. And this is what the Gemara in Tanis teaches us, that Ma'zaro Pachayim, just as Yaakov's, descendants are alive, meaning keeping Torah and mitzvos, afhu b'chayim, this keeps Yaakov alive as well. And interesting as well, the parsha in which Sora Imenu dies is Chaye Sora, because once again, Sora Imenu lives on. So in this parsha, we have, number one, Yaakov insisting that he be buried in Me'oraz HaMachpelah. Then we have the brachos that Yaakov gives his two grandsons, uh, Menashe and Ephraim. Afterwards, we have the brachos that Yaakov gives each of his sons prior to his passing. And we have, as mentioned, the elaborate burial of Yaakov. And finally, that Yosef passes, and we are about to go into the Egyptian servitude. Another point worth mentioning is that Pajas Vayechi Istuma, Rashi notes, closed. What does that mean? Normally between one parsha and another there is either a new line is started in the text, so it's clear from the text that we're starting a new idea, or we have a at least nine letter separation between one parsha and another. Not so here there's only one letter between the end of Vayigash and the beginning of Vayichi. That's why it's stuma, it's closed. And the idea, one idea is clearly, as the Sefer Som Derech points out, that the Torah itself reflects the mood of the Jewish people. And here the Jewish people are depressed because they know what is coming, namely the Egyptian servitude, so they are depressed, or secondly, because Yaakov Avinu wanted to tell his children what would be at the end of days, the coming of Mashiach. This was prophetic ability. His Ruach HaKodesh was taken away from him. I'd like to point out an interesting observation found at the beginning of the parsha. 
namely that Yaakov asks Yosef to please swear to him that he will not bury him in Egypt, but rather he will be buried in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Canaan, in the grave that he has set for himself in Ma'oraz Hamach Pelah. Now watch. Earlier in the Torah, in Parshas Chayisora, when Abraham charges his trusted servant, as the Torah says about him, Zakan Beso, the elder of his household, Hamosheel, Bechol Shelo, literally the CEO, who controlled all that was his. He has him take an oath, Simlo Yodcha Tachas even though he trusted Eliezer for all material matters, when it comes to having and finding a wife for Yitzchak, he makes him swear that he won't uh, take a wife from the local girls. So Avraham, in the beginning of Chayesara, in chapter 24, verse 2 and 3, he tells him, Place your hand under my thigh, symbolizing that the mitzvah that was precious to Abraham Avinu, that near and there he should put his hand, in order that he's holding a quote, endear or holy object, and I will impose an oath and make you swear. That's in Pasuk 3. And in Pasuk 9, what are we told? In Pasuk 9, we're told that the servant did as he was told and swore to him regarding this matter. In the beginning of Parshas Vayechi, we find the same thing. That Yaakov says to Yosef, swear that you will not bury me in Egypt. Now listen carefully. What do we find in, in the beginning of Vayechi, chapter 47? Verse 30, we're told that, come on, take a Shavua, says Yaakov to Yosef, right? And what does Yosef say? Abba, don't worry, I'm going to do as you tell me to do. And Yaakov says, no. Vayomer, the next Pasuk, he shavali, swear, vayishavalo, and he does swear. And then, in gratitude, Yaakov prostrates himself towards the head of the bed. Good. Now, interestingly, on a practical note, later on in the parsha, when Yosef asks permission from Paro to bury his father, Back in Canaan, Yosef says to Paro that I swore to my father, my father imposed an oath on me, and there in chapter 50, Pasuk 6, Paro says, go up, bury your father, as he imposed an oath upon you. So ultimately, Yaakov was right in a practical sense that Yosef should take an oath. 
But I want to know that if all is said and done, Yosef does take the oath, why does the Torah have to give us the content of the conversation between father and son, that when father says, originally, take an oath, Yosef says, don't worry, Abba, I will do as you've asked me. And then father says, no, take the oath, and Yosef takes the oath. I think what emerges here, given that there are no extra words in the Torah, and the Torah could have omitted completely those three words of Yosef, that I will do as you have asked me, I think the Torah is teaching us a very important idea, that Yosef wants to do what his father is asking him to do. But he wants to do it not because he has to do it, he wants to do it because he wants to do it. Meaning that if I, Yosef is saying, if I took an oath, then I have to do it to satisfy the oath I made to my father. If I didn't take an oath, I want to do it because I love my father. I want to do it because I want to fulfill the fifth commandment. I want to do it because it's my honor to do as my father wants me to do. Whoa! I believe this is a very important, powerful idea that we are to learn from Yosef HaTzadik how to fulfill mitzvot man to man. So, the Torah tells us in Parshas Mishpatim, the Torah says, In Kesef Talbe Esami, literally, if you lend money to my people, so the Torah says, Hosea Lot Kenosha, you're not to act towards him as a creditor. Where's my money? Where's my money? Etc. But you shall do it, listen carefully, im, says the Maharal, from the word if. Really, if you have the money, you have to lend it to somebody else. If the person doesn't have such good credit, you certainly can ask for a co-signer. But if you have the money, you are to lend them to the next person. So why does the Torah say, Im, if you do it? Because the Torah wants you to do it not because you are commanded to do it. The Torah wants you to do it because you want to do it. And similarly, the altar of Kelm says, regarding the parasha of Tzedakah in Parshas Re'eh. And there the Gemara, there the Torah teaches us that we are to fulfill the mitzvah. You are to generously open your hand and fulfill the mitzvah of charity. Now the Gemara in Baba Basra, Daf Yud, has a conversation between Tunis Rufus of Russia, one of the Roman philosophers, and Rabbi Akiva. And the philosopher asked Rabbi Akiva if Hashem loves the poor people, why doesn't he take care of them himself? Why does he give the Jewish people the mitzvah of charity? So Rabbi Akiva answered, Kedei Linotzeel Medina Shal Gehenim. Rabbi Kiva answered that we were given this mitzvah of charity to save the Jewish people from going to Gehenim, H E L, and another L, 
Uh, what does that mean? That this mitzvah is going to be of big help to the donors, to the ones that give tzedakah. Now, what does that mean? So it says the Altamikel, the real mitzvah of tzedakah is not simply to write a check, not simply to give the next person, even though that's very important. That's, quote, the bottom line. But the real mitzvah of tzedakah and that which saves the person from Gehenim is not only the giving, but how you give. Meaning, you are to be empathetic. You are to feel his pain. And just as there's a mitzvah for all of us, which is that we are to v'nishmarto v'nabshoseichem, as the Torah teaches in Ba'eschanan, we are to maintain a healthy body. So if a person is hungry and we eat, do we say to ourselves, I'm eating to fulfill the mitzvah of v'nishmarto that's why I'm eating. Or no, I'm eating because I'm hungry. Ah, oh, you should give the poor man not only because the Torah says, not only because the Torah commands us to do it, but you're doing it because you want to do it. You want to be a feeling person. You want to be a person who is fulfilling the Reachot Kamocha. And that's why, interestingly, the Medrash in Rus is so powerful. When Rus comes back to Naomi, and she has two large shopping bags in her hand, and she asks, Naomi asks Rus, where did you go, and where did you get this? In whose field did you uh, gather, right, the, the mitzvot of Matnas Anim, that the Leket Shechon Peyot, are left in the field, and the Oni comes and takes and has the dignity. Whose field were you? So what does Rus answer Naomi? She says, Sheim Ish she'osisi imo hayom, the name of the man that I did for him today is Boaz. What do you mean you did for him? He gave you, not gave you, he allowed you in your field to come and gather, and those two big bags that you have, those shopping bags, came from Boaz. No, more than what Boaz did for Rus, Rus did for Boaz, how so? That she made him a donor. She enhanced his character, his personality. And that's what the mitzvah of tzedakah is ideally supposed to do. And therefore, remember, Ratzah Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Zakos Yisrael. Why do we have so many mitzvahs? So the rabbis teach us, at the end of the Gemara Makos, the rabbis teach us the Zakos Yisrael. What does that mean? On the one hand, it means to give us merits, that we have M-E-R-I-T-S, that we have uh, good deeds in and on our record, which is going to help us for the world to come. And this world as well. Or no, the word Lizakos doesn't only mean these individual good deeds and merits, but Lizakos means to purify. Shemen Zayas Zoch, pure olive oil. It's to purify and enhance 
our character and personality. That's what the mitzvah of tzedakah is to do. Yosef HaTzadik is teaching us a very important point, that especially in the area of man-to-man, I want to do it, therefore I do it, not only because I have to do it. Shabbos Chazak, may we take the lessons of the book of Bereshit, including this lesson of Yosef, who initially hesitates to swear because he wants to do it because I love you, Baba, because I want to fulfill what you want me to do, not because I have to do it. Shabbat Shalom to all.